0: No, this
1: introducing the original blood clad podcast not yes, a sodium semantic special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Oh. Yeah, man,
0: S-W-O-T, semantic. Yeah, man, no. boom! Sodium semantic. Yeah, man, no. big ups to the man, sodium semantic. It's a wonderful Wednesday morning, another episode of Soothing Semantics. I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Today, we have Shlemy Seance. Is that, that pronounced your last name? Zions. Zions, okay. Like the elders of Zions. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Hoping you, were, you weren't going to go there, but... Okay, we won't go there. Uh, anyways, so I wanted to... I've been, I mean, I've been speaking with you for a couple of weeks now, I'd say. Yeah. I'm pretty persistent. <laughs> yeah, I really admire that, by the way.
1: Like, anyone who does that to me will will get
0: will get a response, and I'll try to help them, whatever. They have to be persistent and so forth. I, I've noticed that in my life. I've noticed that in general. And uh, it depends with who. It depends how. But I think I articulate it pretty well. I'm not going to be waiting outside your house. But... Uh, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where if I see there can be great conversation and we can collaborate, it I'm gonna try. But you also wrote
1: something like something along the lines like, "I'm not gonna stop until you <laughs> yeah. until
0: you're on my podcast." <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah, I like this. this is yeah, <laughs> you yeah, not the first one by the way. I'm doing another episode later, hopefully, with uh, with uh, Natana Levy. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Natan sure. Levy just signed a contract with the UFC. Familiar with the UFC? Yeah. Right. So he's the third Israeli to be to be uh, to, uh, to join cool. I did the same thing with him I, I DM him. I said listen man. You might as well just agree now because otherwise, it was you know And then we ended up talking and he agreed and uh, here we are So hopefully we're gonna do it later um, At around 10 p.m. Eastern which is 7 p.m. This time so without further ado Wanted to go into your your childhood a bit because I know you mentioned you grew up in in Canada, Toronto specifically, right? Yeah. Okay. So how was that? I've been to Canada once. I didn't see any Hasidim there. Um, for I know there's I'm catering to, to a crowd that's probably mostly not Jewish. So Hasidim are simply Hasidic Jews or ultra Orthodox Jews, as people uh, refer to them as. How are, How would you say the the Hasidic community differs from the Hasidic community in, say, in New York. So I hope nobody's going to be offended by this question on either side.
1: But basically, or not the question, it's more of my answer. Hasidism really is the essence of it is just serving God with joy. I like to say it's like Judaism with gravy. You know, it's like that extra bit. It's going the extra mile, trying to do a little bit more than than. Than you thought you could do. It's about pushing your limits to, to serve God in a greater way. So, the general idea is that a of people are happier. Like, you're supposed to bring a lot of happiness into your life, and serve God with happiness, and be nice to others, and see the good in everybody. That's what the Baal Shankar, the founder of the movement, wanted. So, I think that's those are the things that people try to focus on. There also is a lot of uh, external. Factors which people, which is easier to see. So you know, you know most of them we are black and white, and you know, some people say they look like zebras or penguins. It's all, it's all you know, the same colors, whatever. But they're, in my opinion, they're really very colorful people inside. And sometimes it's hard for the media to see that. Okay, so, so in Toronto, where I grew, where were you when you went to Canada? Where did you go?
0: Um. I'm pretty sure, sh- this was when I was a kid, Montreal, I'm pretty sure, it's, it's, So there's, there's a lot more Hasidim in, in Montreal than there are, but anyway, in, and Montreal
1: is a little bit, I'd say it's closer to New York in the sense of how the Hasidim live and operate there. There are large communities, They're probably, uh, I don't know, five or ten thousand Hasidim in, in Montreal. So, that, the larger the community gets, the more systemized it'll be. So there'll be much more, every Hasidic sect will have their own shul and then their own synagogues so you're going to see less of the color the bigger the community gets mm-hmm. when you go to smaller communities like we have toronto there were like three hasidic shoes that uh, synagogues so that were connected to khabat and khabat is also more colorful is there one in the insecto bells the, yeah and, and toronto is basically both okay so that's where we grew up but we had people in ponytails praying at our shul. Mm-hmm. And and we had it was quite a colorful place. So in a way you you see less of that in
0: Williamsburg or in bar. Sorry? The, the, I lived by a by a Hasidic community back in Brooklyn. And it, they were above over Hasidim Hasidic In Al Bar, Park? Right near Kensington. I don't know if you're familiar with that name. Ocean, right? Ocean Parkway and Avenue H the Avenue H area. Okay. So quite sure, quite sure they were above over uh, and they the shoe always had random people, jeans, occasional shorts, occasional you know maybe that's. But was it was it like the flagship public
1: shul or was it a smaller one? It was a big shul. I don't know if it was the main one. At Ocean Park? It really? I don't no, know. It must, it, I'm sure it's not the main one, but I think it is. Yeah. Anything could be. I don't know. But anyway, you good. I'd say that the the upbringing that I went through in Toronto and the city community Toronto in general was not as sheltered as the one. So the kids who come out of there will speak a little bit of better English, and uh, our our uh, you know English studies program at school is probably better than ones they have in Brooklyn. And it's not very different. It's just
0: a little bit lighter. Okay, because I have to be I have to be very transparent when I saw you on YouTube and I saw you how articulate you were. I was I was kind of like confused. And you have articulate, like I said, I grew up and worked around Pasadena, but most of the time. Because they learn Yiddish when they're younger, they don't necessarily have as much of an articulate English, at least not until many years later. So when I heard yours, I said, oh, it must, must be from out of town, maybe. Yes, yeah, so I get that. Well,
1: it, it does have to do with being from out of town. It's also that we spoke, basically we spoke English in the house. I think we spoke Yiddish was like, four or five years old, and we switched over to English. I'm not sure why, but I guess that has something to do with it. I read a lot, of, you know, I don't know. Back to life. But I think today there are a lot of, like, I'm seeing a lot of my peers
0: who have a similar level of English, and I think that's getting better. Seems that way. Definitely seems that way. I'm, I'm kind of noticing that, too. So what brought you from Toronto to go on this journey of adventure? Do you, you take your family your family along on a lot of these trips? As, as often as I can,
1: I do. Um look like... My wife still hasn't agreed to, Saudi, to go to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, I hope for one day she will. She wants to go to Dubai now, that's something we're gonna to try to do in the next few weeks, awesome. But um, I took her to Egypt once. Awesome. We try to travel as a family as much as possible because I want them to spend time with the family, Just sometimes it is impractical and certain places I'm not gonna take my kids on a you know, a crazy Jeep ride through the mountains of Afghanistan to meet warlords. I'm just gonna leave them, you know, at home with with their mother where they should be. And, uh, why not? Yeah, you know, I don't think they're ready for
0: this, <laughs> a little bit of a It's wild that you're, I mean, you did this? Yeah. That's what? That's wild. Especially, yeah, that's amazing. I would love to do that, but for me it's not. You know, you're clearly Jewish. But yeah, so, well, I, I did, uh, I did have to describe myself a little bit. I yes. think that would be very problematic, did you? I'd rather not find that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah worst be, case, worst case, you get waterboarded a couple of times, not the end yeah. of the world.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, that's one of the tactics they use in Afghanistan. <laughs> I think it's rougher than that, but I, I hate having to disguise myself, because I'd rather just be open with everybody, but in a, in a situation that I wouldn't be able to access without doing it, or I'm worried for my safety, then it's just something I'll do. But if, if there's ever an option where I could do it openly as a, as a city Jew, that's, that's the dream. And, and the world is sort of changing in that way, that I can travel to places now openly,
0: that five or ten years ago would not be possible, It's amazing. And I, I I have this strange feeling that we may end up making more peace with the Middle Eastern countries in the near future than even with the European countries. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you hear that? Absolutely. And it's, yes. I feel like history in a weird way is repeating itself in that way. Because we used to have more of peace. This is a whole, I don't want to go too much down this rabbit hole, but uh, do you can I hear where I'm going? Yeah, so at what point did we have more peace with the with, uh, with Middle Eastern countries? When Jews lived in, in Arab countries, there were times that we right. oh. were pretty comfortable. And in European countries, we didn't live as well.
1: I was trying to figure out when you say we, I was trying to figure out if you, if you mean the Jewish people or the American people? Jewish
0: people. The Jewish people, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when I say we, I just want to be very clear. I mean, you're, you're not originally American. When I say we, I'm American. You and I as Jews. Okay, well, I happen to actually be originally American.
1: I was born in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. that's not the point. Yeah, so I think you're definitely right there. There, there are a lot of clashes uh, that we have with, with Europe right now. It's,
0: it's very interesting. I don't know, we'll see where, where it'll go. We're Jews. We don't know. Yeah. You know, we're always wondering. We'll see what happens. But uh, how did how did your, your upbringing in, in Canada, you know, I guess the past several years of your life, how did this bring you to your to your, uh, your, your journey to see the world and learn about different cultures, especially being who you are, a esteemed person? Yes, I've always been a curious person.
1: Um, I love to read some information. My parents were always very encouraging about learning about the world. And also, we lived in an apartment building, so we had, we were I think a lot of the building was Jewish, but there were also plenty of other people, so we had like Pakistani neighbors on our floor. And they were very nice to us, we were very nice to them. I remember one Shabbos, we had a problem in the kitchen and, and their mother came over, you know, she was our shabbos boy. right? So they helped us with that. It was just like good, friendly people. And I, I learned that basically together, they're good people all over. And you don't have to live in fear of, of all your neighbors and, and whatever. Even though the media will try to tell you that everyone's bad and everything's bad. If you turn on the news for an hour. Just watch it or listen to the news for an hour and you're just gonna see I'd say 70 or 80% of what you consume in that hour is gonna be negativity. There's bad news and there's all sorts of scary advertisements that this could happen through, that could happen through. so that is something that I've I've learned to sort of give myself the space to explore it on my own and not rely on what everyone's telling me. Was curious. I like to travel. until I was seventeen, actually, I'd never been outside of the United States of Canada. And then I did my first trip to Oman. Right before I was eight, right birth, my birthday. And, and that year alone,
0: I traveled to ten countries. Wow! It just like exploded. Like just, the travel bug hit me and it never stopped. Wow. And now you just you're just kind of letting it go as it goes. You're you're seeing it's it's benefiting you. It's growing. You know, on social media. I see it's definitely growing are also, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, like you said, you have this travel bug, and it's just this infinite amount of knowledge uh, for yourself, and, and you're, you're just teaching people such wonderful things about different cultures. I think you're natural at it. It's just the way you, you have a, you definitely have a, a way of doing it. And thank you. This is a very, very recent development. Like, I was i was traveling for fun until
1: less than three years ago. And then it turned, sort of, first it started as work because the magazine, I worked for Army magazine. Oh, you worked for Army. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So they started sending me on these trips. And then the trips sort of took on a life of their own where I realized that nobody's talking about how we're really not all enemies and we can sort of all get along. It doesn't matter who you are. If you have that little bit of humanity, that little piece of godliness within you, then you can connect with someone else who's very, very different and even people who are perceived as an enemy. So now it's it's become a whole, almost like a mission of mine. I I want to travel to every place where I'm misunderstood in that place, or a place where I don't understand and I just want to get to understand people and and the cultures and what's going on there. And I feel like it could be a bridge for, you know, helping people to understand. Thankfully, the last year, especially the last, I'd say, eight weeks, sort of really exploded, getting a lot of exposure.
0: And hopefully it's helping people will change their lives for better. I mean there's kosher food in Afghanistan. I didn't know that until I watched one of your videos. Well, I mean not
1: like not gourmet kosher food, but you can There are you things that know you on. That. You wouldn't die of starvation
0: if you if you went to Afghan grocery, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So I would never think that. I just I don't even I didn't think American a lot of these American products ship there. Right. That's a level of ignorance, there's no question. It's not ignorant, I I mean I don't think it's ignorance. How
1: well, There's this perception that if you're in Afghanistan, then you, you know, know, like people would just be eating like goat feet, whatever. Like, there there are businessmen, there are entrepreneurs, there are influencers. It's it's like a real, just a regular
0: place. We just have as Americans this notion that everything else is out of town. Yeah. You know, oh, we're America, so Afghanistan. What they have? They have trees. You know. And when you go to a lot of these countries, even though they might be poorer countries and they're the kind of uh, nobody countries, they have a lot of the things we have. You know, maybe not as, maybe I'm not as a, um, uh, a lack of a better word, um, I don't know why this is slipping my mind. Anyway, they're not as developed. So, so, so. one thing, that
1: in a way, they're also more developed. There's like a lot of things we don't have, really. Yeah. In these, in what, what kind of countries? I mean the work ethic in Afghanistan. The, the people who who get up in the morning. Like you get up in the morning, right? You you know there's like a certain cap, certain level of how bad your day can go, right? Okay. You can get into a fender bender. You know, you can have a rough day at work. Um, maybe maybe the TV will stop working. Sure. It's like pretty much as bad as it'll go. Afghanistan, people get up in the morning and don't come home to do blown to pieces in a suicide bombing I mean, that happens every single day. And these people get out and they go to work. And thank God I don't live in Afghanistan because I just wouldn't be able to deal with it. I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. Like, it's too frightening to know that you might not come home at night because whichever one of the 27 operating terrorist organizations decides to pull something off in your city that day. And the way that people just push forward and... and go about their lives is
0: so impressive to me. I think that's an adaptive thing. I, I, I strongly believe, I mean, I, I think I can say this for myself. If I was in that environment, it would definitely stink to be in. But uh, I think I would have be able to adapt to it. Well, lucky you. I'm not sure I would. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I know it's a big thing to say. But I'm, I'm pretty confident. I, this, it doesn't mean, mean I want think. to be. But it, that's definitely a drawback of American culture. We have it too cushy. We have it too, too comfortable. It's a blessing, but it can also be a curse in a way. Yeah, that's right. I think parenting is so important because it's it's, it's great to be in in a, in a healthy, safe environment in a wealthy country. But you know, as long as we're conscious of the potential cons, I think it's you know, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely ideal. I'd rather be here than anywhere else. That's for sure. Uh, so it's yeah, it's amazing that you've gone on this journey, and uh, especially the I mean, I've seen, I've honestly seen a couple of your videos. I love the one. With, uh, with the Azerbaijani Jews, oh. that one was awesome. Cause I, I have two friends that are Kafkazi, yeah. as, as they call them, yeah. and uh, I, le- I, I learned like two uh, dance moves. You heard of the Lizginka? did they talk to you about that? They did not. So the Lizginka is the Kafkazi dance. I'll show it to you after the episode. Very, very cool. You don't want to do it now? I don't, <laughs> I don't have, I would do it. I just don't really have this I'm going
1: to do this. The next time, you get a better setup, cool. <laughs> I'll do some Kapkazi dance. I'll
0: do it. I'll literally do it. I'll do it. I don't mind. Uh, it is... Um, it i its its this very majestic dance. I've discussed this on two prior episodes. It's... It's kind of like a warrior dance. Yeah. The, yeah, because the people in the Caucasus are very... They're very warrior-like. They, a lot of them now uh, do martial arts in Dagestan, Chechnya... Azerbaijan, a lot of these countries, they're just very into that. Weren't the
1: Jews of the Khakazi regions like weapon makers or something, I think? Maybe.
0: Pretty sure that's one of the trades they, they were into. It could be. But I know they, well, they're, they're originally Persian. Right. They're old, they're old Persian. Yeah. They moved from Iran into the mountains in Azerbaijan. So that's, I'm not sure of the older culture, but they're fascinating. There's a very big community in Brooklyn. Yeah. So in U they all kind of come out. There's a lot of them more traditional. So Yom Kippur, they all kinda of like show up and Ocean Parkway is just flooded with them. And uh, it sounds like a neg- I am like saying that in a negative way, but uh, it's always nice. You know, I see them, I see I say, uh, you know, have an easy fast and all that, and then my friend my friend, his brother, and his dad, the Abramo family, shout out to you guys. They uh, they're always walking amongst the couple of hundred Kafkazijus. And uh, no, they're very interesting culture that They're also a culture that very few people know about, especially Jews. Israelis know about the because they're just, you know, a lot of Pahazis moved to Israel, but American Jews, you ask your average American Jew, they have no idea But that uh, what the heck is that? Right, so it's a, really a region that I want to go back to. Not just the Jewish,
1: first of all, I'm the only I only visited one Jewish town, there are other like similar places with smaller communities or whatever, but also the whole country of Azerbaijan you don't want to go back, I put up this one, there are two videos on my channel from Azerbaijan, one's about the of the Jews and the other one is about this uber guy who tried to rip me off. I saw that. And like so I got all these Azerbaijani people like hating on me, like why did you put that up, you know we have such a nice country and I bet they do, it's just an experience I had. Mm-hmm. But I was there for a very short time so it was big, the only two experiences I had basically was this guy trying to rip me off and then my two days with the Jews over there. So I want to go back and, and see more of that. and you know, taking all the good parts, but you should let me know she lived live in Israel, you know, used to the, uh, the cab drivers trying to pull down on you. I try not to take cabs uh, <laughs> too often, but I'm used to it. I don't know, it was just, this guy really got me in the wrong way. And also, I was trying to like save people from having this experience, and also, whatever, it's just an experience I had, it's no big deal. I, I hope to go back and see the, the nicer sides of that country, beautiful country,
0: how did you even know he was trying to trying to rip you off, just based on the price and the distance? Um, well, Uber gave me a price. And oh, I didn't even know they
1: had Uber there. Yeah, oh, sure. You see there? There we go again. Yep. So this is why you do what you do. So Uber gave me this price, and I and I get into the car, and the guy's like, "Give me such and such amounts of money, or not going anywhere." I said, "What do you mean, Uber?" So he said, "No, I need to pay for like parking and the." Uh, at the hotel, whatever. I basically realized he was scamming me and I asked him to to not scam me and he wouldn't agree, so I got out and I called another guy who tried to do the same thing. And this oh, was also wow. this was like five in the morning. I'd been up all night on playing around, bomb. And I said to myself, if the third person does this too, I'm just gonna go for it. I'll just pay the price. But it wasn't a ton of money, it was just a matter of principle. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, and the third person was like, Nice guy, it just took me where, where I was supposed to go for the
0: price that I was supposed to pay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, one of my friends did say that there is a lot of corruption there. And he's, he's in East No, but I don't think it's Azerbaijani. I think it's like in general, all of. Uh,
1: I shouldn't say all. There are a lot of issues of corruption in Eastern Europe, Central Asia,
0: whatever. Just something that comes with. Yeah, with women. That, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg thing. Where is it? Is it poor because there's so much corruption, or is it corrupt because it's so poor? I mean, it's yeah. Kind of back and forth. Where does it end? Where does it start? You know what I'm saying? Sure. So, where do you plan to go to next? That's a very
1: good question. I I don't know. Like it's weird because I, I get these. I get sometimes I get this feeling like a country is calling me, mm-hmm. and then I just go. Like when I, it's not like it's based on anything specifically. It's just when I start feeling a vibe coming from a certain country, I just get on the plane and go there. What gives you that vibe? Just something in your brain
0: just connects to it.
1: Some could be I'll see an interesting picture or video from that place, or someone will tell me something about the place, or I, I don't think this can be controlled. I think it's a very spiritual thing. Or the Navajo brother talks about this thing where if a person gets a vibe that they're supposed to go somewhere, they must go. Like you need to go. This is part of your destiny because there's. There's some, there's some good deed, some mitzvah that you have to do there, wow. and that's why you're being called. And if you don't go, he says, you're going to end up there in a chain. That's, that's, that's. You really think that? Yeah. And he, and he continues to say that the only reason you should not go is if, like, if, if you don't think you're going to be able to control yourself from sinning in any way on the journey, then don't go. Other than that, it's,
0: it's a good thing to go. You know what? That, that's that's what kind of you've just put this perspective into my into my mind. It, it's I want to travel to so many places, yeah. But I'm so focused on work right now, you know. And I'm going to travel, but I don't know. Like I have I have all these callings. I, I would spend the next two years traveling, but I don't know. That doesn't for me. That doesn't sound like a, a this like, morning for me. If then again, you did it and it worked out for you, and you have you kind of created a business from it, but. Um, being that I like what I do, I don't know if that's... But yeah, It's it. very interesting. I'm gonna be thinking about that a little bit today. Because, I mean, you said I created a business minute or whatever, but
1: this is something I was doing long before, this business. Right. I just had this calling, and then it, it almost feels like I don't have a choice. It's like, it's not me controlling it. This thing comes, and then I, I, I'm compelled to go. So right now, I'm getting like, Pakistan vibes. Last night, I was eating dinner with someone. And, and, uh, you haven't been? You? No, not yet. And and he made someone a couple who just moved from uh, from Monty, New York to Central, to Florida They here in Miami. You imagine that? <laughs> that would be, <that'd laughs> be the be nice over there. Yeah, <laughs> they've really good goat feet. <laughs> so they're looking for a kosher butcher. A lot of opportunities available. So I was talking to this to this man. And I was like someone I know, and I. I would you like to go to Columbia on Sunday morning? And now we're talking about it. It's just something that came up, and
0: I, I maybe we'll do it. I don't know. It's just, it's all about the vibe that I'm getting. I love how spontaneous that is. But for you, it's a spiritual connection, that you feel it. As soon as you get that calling, you need to respond to the calling. So, yeah, but sometimes it goes away. Sometimes I'll get it for a couple of
1: hours, and then will if, if the calling continues, if it persists, like, like you, that's it. I'm supposed to be here. It's not just about traveling, like, out of town or whatever. It has to do with, with the people in your life and, and I mean he doesn't like this but this is, I'm taking it a step further it's like I, I'm very into my instincts and sometimes I'll get a bad vibe from someone I don't have nothing to do with that sometimes I'll see somebody on the subway be like some weird red headed Irish guy and be like I don't know why but for some reason this person and I need to connect this is just
0: I totally by the way I to- this I can totally relate to you on because I'll randomly I'll randomly talk to people all the time I'm a schmoozer I love how many times in my life I just decided to talk to someone, and the the, the conversation we had blew me away. Yeah, countless times. And I know you, you have this. I know you have the same experience. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna say there are
1: bad instincts and good instincts. I I don't want to go into that. But you just have to, if you do everything with your instincts, you likely end up in, in prison or dead. Well, so there has to be with you know with a grain of salt and pepper and whatever. But I, as a general rule, I.
0: I follow my instincts very closely. that's good you know that's definitely definitely important that you have balance and you kind of know when something doesn't seem right. I hope so and I hope God will continue to give you that gift But the warlords seem like a safe idea yeah. so I mean
1: yeah well they're actually really nice people and I mean, <laughs> think guy took me there like someone who knew them but in general there are a lot of situations that I've walked into voluntarily that probably could have ended very not well but I believe there's
0: a, there's a spiritual thing going on here. I have a calling, and it's something I need to do. Beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to tune into more of your videos. I was thinking, would you maybe want to go to France to try to see if you can get more of an understanding about all the anti-Semitism? Maybe even to meet with some leaders in the Arab community, maybe in Marseille or, or, or uh, Paris. It's, it's kind of a scary thing to do. I don't know if you would... If you would go openly as a khasid. But uh, that's, you know, it's so bad there. I, I, I know a lot of, I have a lot, I have a lot of French friends I was in the army with, and uh, they were telling me that. They were telling me you really, really can't walk around there in, with a on unless you're in a, a quieter area, like a quieter village. But if you're in the main streets in Paris, it'd be pretty bad. So again, I don't want to uh,
1: disregard anybody's caution, and I, I'm not. Just anybody does is, I was in Paris about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. with my wife and kids, but Yeah, then we only had one hotel. And I walked around the and all over Paris. There are, apparently, there are some no-go zones where like that can could be really dangerous. I don't think I walked into any of them, but I was at the Tower and, and all the tourist spots, whatever. Absolutely no issues. But I, I do know that. There is a lot of anti-Semitism in France, which is why I'm not trying to say my experience is the only way it works. Right. I'm sure there are others. Regarding meeting with uh, with the Muslim community over there, first of all, I'm not sure that, and I could be wrong again. I'm not sure that all the anti-Semitism comes from the Muslims in France. Oh, I, I think I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure the French uh, have plenty of their own going on. Sure. As for the Muslim community, I, I'm sure there are issues. I don't know. I don't know. Too much about this, but I, I would probably rather not do that, because if, if it's a serious issue that needs to be addressed, and from what, from what I understand, it's a very serious issue that needs to be addressed, I don't want to go there and dispel any, I don't want people to think it's safer than it is. If it's an issue that, that is prevalent, that needs to be dealt with, then I don't want to come around and say, you know, oh, it's fine, this is not a, this is not a problem you wouldn't be willing to say it as it is, okay, this is a serious problem. Oh, mm-hmm. right, I'd be absolutely willing to say this, but I don't think it would help in any way if I went there and tried to show everyone how friendly everyone is because that could end up getting someone killed, right? Like, if one of my followers decides to say, all of France is fine, and they just run around there with their mm-hmm. that could that could get someone into trouble, so to look into it from that perspective to, to show the problem. Yeah, but in general, I think that's other people's job. My job is to sure the show the positivity. There are other people who are covering that really that very well. Like 98% of this 99. Like 100%. Yeah, yeah
0: that's true. This is, this is why I also love the Hasidic idea of not being on TV, not, not doing everything on TV all the time, or at all. Um, this is another reason why I loved the series of episodes you and Peter did, uh, because it shows the importance of that. I, I, uh, I would say, uh, two years ago, once I moved here, and even then, for a while, I never really, I haven't really been watching TV. I'll watch documentaries. You're, you've heard of Vice? Yeah, yeah, sure. So Vice I'm into. I like to occasionally tune in and see what's going on. And I'll nitpick as some things really just don't interest me. But uh, I always like those because they're educational, and I'm sure they're biased to some degree, but a lot of it is just looking at, you know, a drug cartel in Honduras or right. you know, anything like that. So that's not something I feel is biased. It's just covering a certain story of whatever. Uh, whereas most of what you watch on TV is, is trying to target you to believe a certain thing. And you can argue that that is as well, but I just, I, I pretty, I've never really turned on the TV. The only time this TV is on, for my my is the podcast. So I just noticed I have so much more time to do what I need to do. I'm not following the news. I don't even watch sports. I'll watch an occasional movie every now and then, but that's it. And I, I, it's At this point, I'm perfectly happy and content doing this, doing it like this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. If, if
1: a, most of, I'd say most of the country and probably most of the world is very into it, right? got the news, the TV, the media, everything. Once you snap out of it, you realize that, like, it really doesn't matter. And, and and no, no, it never matters. It's just like noise in your life. It, it's not, it's probably
0: not very positive. And you have so much more time to spend doing the things you want to do. You create your own news. Yeah. And you get to, and you're a primary example of that. Because you're, you're, you're ignoring the noise of the media and you're seeking it out yourself. You're seeking the truth yourself. What well, your definition of the truth is and you're finding that it's a hundred times more positive than everything you've been told growing up. Yeah. You know, not to say your parents weren't, but you get what I'm saying. All, all that outside noise. Um, and this is precisely why I just don't care much about politics anymore. After the army, I just, and I had a great experience, don't get me wrong, but uh, politically, I'm so tired of this. I like to know a decent amount just so I feel I'm aware. But Very, very doesn't really affect
1: my life. It's true. It doesn't really affect anyone's life, no. Maybe if you work in stocks, I don't know. I have this idea that whatever you need to know, like you'll, it'll get to you. Yes. You don't need to be plugged in all the time. And I remember when I a couple of years ago I, product, I did actually, I recently did a podcast and someone asked me about movies and TV shows and I said I haven't watched any in, in ten years. So it was a mistake of eight years. Mm-hmm. But Hanukkah will be eight years. Since I, I stopped, and someone asked me why I would stop, and I said, I just want to find out what's playing in this theater. You said specifically movies or any form of TV? No, well, I don't have a TV. So uh, it was basically movies and like comedy TV shows that I was, watching
0: what about, I was watching. I'm not trying to like pull you out here, but what about Fauda? Like, what about? Like, because I saw you had a picture with Leo Ross. I met him. But no, okay. it doesn't mean that I've watched the stuff. I mean, I've seen
1: some previews just to understand gotcha. what it is, but it's. I think I think he does important work, but it's just I I don't need to consume so um, But it's just I want to know what's playing in this theater. I mean, I want to really be in touch with myself, and I feel like once you're in touch with yourself, you can be in touch with others. And it's there's a, there's a whole world out there. There's, there's energy you can feel. And there's there's vibes and there's amazing people and. You can go your whole life missing that because you because you, you think you're in the know. If you think you know what's going on, and you have absolutely no idea. And it's, it's so important to just if you're consuming media, make sure it's make sure it's, I guess it's truthful or good because other, you know Mark Twain once said, "If you follow the news, sorry, if you don't follow the news, you're uninformed." You do follow the you're misinformed. That's so good. Yeah. That's so morphs way is legendary. Unbelievable. Oh so it's so good. You can live your whole life thinking you're informed, you're totally misinformed. You have all these warped perceptions about the world, and you and you're also completely you're like a sheep. You're just following whatever they tell you. Mm-hmm. And for me, that that didn't work. I
0: just want to go out there and find you know find the truth. You're creating. I like how you said. Um, <laughs> you're creating your own theater so to speak or you're you know you're, you're kind of building on your own movie right? yeah in mean, different words yeah you could, like, you could either watch
1: everyone else have fun and live their life or you can like and this is something I say That's all the what time TV is
0: TV is you're literally watching other people live their lives and you're sitting and doing nothing yeah. sitting on a couch eating and say oh look at those people living on a screen exactly it's, if you really think about it it's nuts
1: and i and I feel like as long as this exists in the world, let people watch me. Like yeah. If those people want to do that, I'll be the guy living, you stay on the couch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I also feel like, in a way, I hope I hope this is the I hope this is the end of the day, the end, the end result of my the content I produce, I hope it's gonna get people off the couch. I want people to 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 see it and and feel like, you know what, I wanna do that. I wanna go out and, and meet people who are different and see That we're connected. I want people, and it's it's happening. It's literally happening. I have people. You should see my phone. I'm getting dozens of messages on a daily basis. I want to go to Saudi Arabia. I want to go to Dubai. I want to go. Is it safe? You think I pull it off? Yeah, absolutely. Go there. And people are, especially in my community, I said, people are opening up to this idea that you can go out there. You can you can meet people. You can have very meaningful conversations with people who are very different than you it doesn't mean you have to change who you are and they don't have to change today there. there's a certain beauty in me being me you being
0: you and we have this interaction and uh, the next world a better place one of the big I could not agree more one of the biggest things I've, I've noticed about human interaction is that people respect you a lot more when you're true to yourself and yes. this is something that everyone will say Whoa, well, duh but when you internalize it and realize that, where you aren't trying to constantly become someone else, you know you see, you're, you were, you you come into a social gathering wearing a certain shirt. Other people say they don't like the shirt. There, you know, a couple of other people are wearing this type of shirt. Next time there's a social gathering, you show up wearing the same shirt. What are people going to think? Eh, wasn't so confident with his shirt. He caved. Look how quickly he, he, huh. you know, he changed. Whereas if you come in and you're Shalami, mean, the the Hasidic Jew, but you're you're connecting with people in a positive way, you're you're true to yourself. They're true to themselves. If if any of them don't like you, so be it. But there's going to be a number. There's going to be a large group of people that that simply respect you for being honest enough about who you are and, and not willing to to give that up. And I think that's I think that's invaluable, to be naturally. As human beings, respect that. because we, you know, it's, we see how how strong you are in your your resolve to be you. I think it's beautiful. Man. It's so important. Yeah, I think that's why that's what makes you that's what makes you so unique because you're in a sense you're an anomaly. You're not. It's not a common. You, I wouldn't say you're a, you're. There are others as well that are that are like this to some extent, but I've never seen something on YouTube that that showcased the city community and the way
1: that you did it this first time. It's interesting because when in the city community, I don't think, I think I don't, not, I can't know for sure, but I'm, I'm not considered I'm not a spokesperson for that. I'm not I, like, this is literally, this has nothing to do with me. It's just, I brought someone into the world that I live in, but I'm not nobody asked me to do this. I'm not a representative. I don't have any special talent to really. do this. It's just me and him having an interaction with Peter I think I think kind of a cane it pretty big. It did. It did become pretty it big. You have over a million views of, of what? Each one, at least one of them. The first video was five. Five million. One and a half on on YouTube and three and a half on Facebook. And it's gonna grow. It's gonna,
0: gonna grow. Gonna my grow my when
1: we have another ten episodes coming out, so wow. it's gonna be it's gonna be very big. But the idea is that I'm very comfortable with my skin. I really am, and I feel that even though. Maybe I didn't do a perfect job, I don't know everything. Like he did, you know, he didn't ask me too many complicated questions, I was more or less able to answer everything. But I feel it's very important for, for us to have a voice and not allow the, the media to control our voice and, and tell everyone who we are. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see anyone else going out there saying, hi, we're say we're normal people, we're not just black and white. So when this opportunity came up, I just, I just went for it. But I, this is something, this, this, is, this was a big surprise to me. I didn't think it would be this big. I wasn't even sure if I'd be in the videos. I just thought Peter was going to be in it, and I was going to take him around. He would see. How did you connect? How did you guys even fly it? So first off, for the people who don't know what this is, you should probably tell them. Oh, I mean, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, you, you explain it. It's all you So basically, there's this guy named Peter Santanella. He travels around the world, a lot of cool places that I either been to or would like to go to. And he put out a message on his Instagram stories and he just wrote, like, he's going to be in New York City and he wants to know if anyone has any cool story at in the internet. So I saw the message. It was like a couple minutes before Shabbos. And I just sent him a DM. I said, hey, if you want to come to the New York city community in Brooklyn, I'd love to show you around. And I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think he answered me. And like five minutes later, he's like, yeah, let's do it. We set a date, and I took him to a couple places. Again, I really didn't think I would have a part of this. I just thought, because most of his videos, it's just him walking around. I don't know if there's somebody with him or not, but maybe he has a guide, maybe he doesn't, but it turned into this huge thing. There's the probably, I think all the videos combined now, probably have close to 10 million views. If they don't Same. now, you know, they will in a week or two. Oh, that's insane. And we're there's another 10 episodes coming out, a lot of cool stuff coming, and I, I hope that I was able to do a service to the world. I by showing just basically just humanity. I don't even care if it comes out of good, if it doesn't come out of good. The idea that every time the Jews are covered in the media, it's just bad. And it almost feels like the media owns that narrative. Like, this is what the Jews are. And thank God we've been able to open up the eyes of millions of people to the idea that Syrian are just human beings like everyone else. And... A, it's a very
0: interesting series if you haven't seen it yet go to YouTube I've definitely out. seen a few um, and they were incredible I'm going to look at more of them but I I implore all of you to look at them to go to, to go to Shlomo's page I'm going to attach a link and they're actually not on my page they're on his page that's true that's true they are, they're on Peterson's and please go to my page as well <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll attach a link to both um, but no, I mean they're, they're absolutely fascinating I sat through I sat through two of them yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at more for sure, but there, it wasn't even something that I had to like push myself to watch, it was just, it was, it was, my, it was really mind-blowing, I love the one with, um, I forget his name, oh, uh, I think one of the guys called you dangerous, was that the joke, somebody yeah. called you dangerous, hilarious, and then, I mean, you're a pretty dangerous guy. I.
1: But, <laughs> it's funny, I just hope people don't get the wrong idea. Like, I'm really not a dangerous guy. But <laughs> these people call me dangerous because I hang out. Is this
0: and, a new Nick? Is, is this, this a new this joke thing? now? Like, a lot of people that know you, they're like, just let me don't hurt anybody. It, it took out like bad. a life of its own. Like, yeah. I, I went somewhere
1: else to film someone with, with Peter, and, like, and they're like, oh, there's the dangerous guy again, whatever. Yeah,
0: just because I'm. would. T- like, if I do get to know you better and do the. I'm so the type where I'm going to milk the joke. Like, I'm just going to, anytime I see you, I'm going to like hide behind like a fence or something. Yeah. It's very much my thing. So, yeah, no, it's it's wonderful and I I look forward to more episodes. I think this is going to become, you're already doing quite well and I think this is, you have a knack for this. I really do. And I think the most important thing, just like me and my podcast, is that you love what you're doing. You absolutely love it and you, you have a calling to it and for you, it's—I'm sure—it gets difficult, and takes up a lot of your time, but when you love it, it's—it's it's almost as if it doesn't work. I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's uh, for the
1: <laughs> I, I I I can't live any other way. Right. It's just this is the way it has to be. I'm a weird guy because I have all these things, but as soon as something calls me, I feel it. I'm all in. Like I hope, like you know, weight loss is going to call me soon because <laughs> I I should be 65 pounds lighter. Um. But i this kind of, I'm this all-or-nothing
0: guy. When it Just when it comes, oh yeah, it's us have That'll also be, but I'm just, I'm going to be real here. Not common to see a jacked chasseh. They exist. Very rarely. Have you seen any? Oh what? A jacked, like a ripped chasse- oh, chasse- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Really. Yeah, I know a lot of who are chasse- ripped. Really. I have a brother-in-law who's so ripped. Yeah. Hmm. I've, I've, I mean... Granted, most of them are wearing you know a Becca a shade of the a, a acidic outfit but uh, yeah interesting yeah because it's not something it's not something that's a communal focus like
1: you don't see anybody talking about health and wellness or fitness in, in the community I think but it should be stressed more to be yeah. honest I so I, I think there's definitely room for that and and I agree with you on that one, sure but but there are people individuals who say you know what I don't care if the community' not focused on it I, I want to be healthy or I want to look good or whatever their whatever their reason
0: for it is yeah there's a lot of chasidim that work out at the gym every day right yeah I, I was thrown up one time when I uh, back when I lived in Brooklyn and I was coming back from the gym my neighbor who was Hasidish. good friend really nice guy this kid was such a sweet smart kid but the kid sort of looked at me and the kid's like oh we, why do you have all those muscles that's not Jewish and I was like and I, and I know that his dad. I don't think his dad, because his dad is was was more was you know, more of the modern kind of chassid, if you know what I mean. You know the term, but I'm not you know what I mean, like the joke term. Um, but uh, he was very you know very very like down to kind of dude. Not to say that chassidim aren't, but uh, you know what I mean. Uh, or maybe you don't. No, I don't you know what I'm saying. Sure. Just kind of more of the modernized chassid. Okay. Anyway, his um, so his son, very bright kid made that statement and I just said I was kind of like taken aback and I said, I get that. that's so interesting that he has that perspective at such a young age because maybe he's not used to seeing it and I said I don't even remember what I said it was like a quick thing but I said I'm, this is me this is taking care of my body it's not something that isn't a Jewish thing yeah. and he was kind of like oh like he kind of understood me in a way and I was like that's so, that's so strange you know it's almost as if he's not used to seeing this and thinks that it's something that's not a Jewish thing to do
1: that's weird because I, I never heard anybody say like in my
0: opinion I never never heard like that muscles are bad or something I don't know maybe because it's like maybe it's like a fixation with the body or you know you're you're putting too much emphasis on physicality I, I wouldn't put much, too much thought on just a little kid saying
1: something but there, you know, there, there, there's no question there are people what just taught am saying that could be. There are people who take it to the next level. For some people, it's an obsession that's unhealthy. Right. Right. There's like sometimes you see these videos on social media where it's like this like little scrawny guy walking around. Because <laughs> like, they just finished the workout. And yeah. They, that's, that's an unhealthy obsession. Right. You're not living. You're, you're not just not there. You know what I mean? It's a fantasy world. So yeah, I guess there's there's
0: room for that. Maybe that's where it's coming from. But I I wouldn't take too seriously. No, but I, it was just still very fascinating to you. Know? I don't think he really understood what he was saying, but I still think it's very it was very interesting. Yeah. Right. Um, but but with that said, you kind of mentioned that when I asked you where you plan on going next, you're just kind of seeing what what calls you. Yeah. But I mean, what do you what are your thoughts? How do you see things going in the near future? And it's a pretty broad question. But as far things, as as far as your 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 travels and as far as anything you hope to accomplish uh, on the business end of things. Are there any things that are happening now for you that you'd be open to discuss? Any any big things that that are happening in the near future? So, okay. Um, First of all, since
1: Peter's videos, I've found a bit of a new column because till now I was like the Hasidic travel guy who goes to Muslim countries and builds bridges. I was sort of like, Building bridges between myself and the Muslim community, one of the things was showing the Muslims that they we're friendly. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was showing the Jews that that most Muslims don't want to kill you. And again, it's so no like I mean, no offense to any Muslims listening to this. It's just in America and I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, the Islamic world is so scary to most Americans. Mm-hmm. Since September eleventh, and again, I'm sorry that this is blamed on, on all of them as as you know, painted as a broad picture, it shouldn't be that way. But I don't think Muslims understand how they are... Maybe they do. In, in the United States, I think it's getting better. But after September 11th, there was some serious damage done to their reputation. Mm-hmm. And you literally... I, I mean, I, can t- I tell people that I go to, like a child to Dubai, like, you have regular American people. Are you not afraid that someone's going to blow you up? Like, they have no idea that the Middle East is largely a peaceful place there are a lot of conflicts and whatever but the majority of the Middle East is, is, land wise most of it is safe and there are really good friendly people that most of the world doesn't understand this especially the western world we're still so, like fixated on like oh we're here in America that could never happen to us and, and whatever so there's a that's, but like, one of the things I was doing until now was just traveling through lots of countries, showing them that I'm a Jewish person, I'm nice, I'm seeing nice people, and showing it to, you know, to my audience here in the United States, whatever. Since Peter's videos, I've had this understanding that the Hasidic community is very misunderstood, and people think that there are no humans here, it's just a bunch of, like, penguins running around doing, you know, whatever whatever I see them do. So, now, there's a lot of a lot of calls from all over. Like people are asking me to start giving tours of Brooklyn, and for groups and whatever. I'm like I don't even live there. I, I live in Israel. I live, you know, six thousand miles away. I'm Also curious to hear after this what we'll made you kind to move there. But. Okay, so we, we yeah. can talk to that. We talk. And, yeah, sure. But we're getting asked to do tours. I'm working on a book, but I haven't done much work. But it's something that needs to needs to happen, and I hope it will. There's all sorts of people reaching out to me producers and there's the Hasidic thing really really took off and this it's almost like I got a second job now so we're talking to people in Hollywood you know they want to do shows and all sorts of stuff is going on we'll see we'll see what happens but like
0: life is is pretty crazy right now it's phenomenal phenomenal I love hearing you say I wish you absolute and utter success no, thank you, but I, I hope, I just hope that whatever, whatever happens, it should
1: be, I should just make the world better, place. I don't want to be someone who's adding more complications to the world that already are, I want to be someone who simplifies things, mm-hmm. I hope that at some point when I look at my legacy, and when other people look at my legacy, it will be somebody who just made life easier, brought less, you know, to take away people's anxiety, that the world is really not that scary. It's, it's huge but it's also much smaller than we think. We're, us humans are way more connected than what we think we are. And we all more or less suffer from the same problems. And I, I wish people could see some of the things I've seen and I'm, I'm trying to share that with them. I think
0: you're definitely doing a great job with that. I have a loaded question for you though. Sure. I'm do you feel that as, as a Hasidic Jew, having all this exposure, do you feel like it makes... Puts you at risk to be more exposed to things that generally a Hasidic Jew doesn't normally do. I mean, you're, like I said, you're not you're not the typical Hasidic Jew. So you want to give me an example of something that? Well, you're you're meeting with all types of people. Generally, Hasidic Jews aren't interacting with non-Jews that much to begin with. They'll have their very insular communities, kind of like these ghetto communities. You have New Square, for instance. You have. Um, uh, um, curious Yo, okay or curious Joel for not uh, Jews who might know, those are real those are modern day ghettos and they're not associating as, mu- as little as possible they're not associating with anyone else do you feel like this is something where you have to be extra aware and extra careful where you know you want to interact with all kinds of people that's, that's who you are but do you feel like there's any sort of challenge where certain influences are in your face all the time and you have to really put your foot down and say, no, these go against my values, these go against my traditions. You know, I'm in a different country, they invited me out to eat. You know, I'm in an Arab country, they want to invite me into their home, I can't eat their food. How do I go about that? You know, all of these things can be very, you know, can really push against your, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. so there are two, two answers to this
1: question. And the first one I'll say is this. I've actually, I, I didn't know much about New Square or Curious General, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up in the city community, but I, I grew up in Toronto, so we didn't, I have been to New Square once, and Kyrgyz also once. Guess who hires me to speak the most? What's New Square. Really? I've been there four or five times to speak in the last year and a half. And they want to hear about what I'm doing. Right, yeah, But they, they, don't, they don't give you any backlash? Not a drop. I, I was surprised because I thought Moose Square was more insular than... And I went there, and some of the friendliest people, and really good people, they just sit around, we talk about, you know, we do these question and answer sessions, and it's <coughs> awesome. And a lot of them travel a lot. They're, they're an insular community, meaning that... The way I see it is like a filter. Mm-hmm. Like even they you, you see them as insular, but they're what they're saying is I I think this is what, I can't speak because I'm not their spokesperson, this is my understanding, is you here, we're living in this world, it's twenty twenty. There are certain things that you need to deal with just to be a human being. You need to work, you need to produce for your family, you need to have certain interactions with the world. But they don't want to allow the entire world in to dictate how they how they should live or and there's all this, you know, this faith and traditions that they want to keep very, you know, dear and they don't want it to change, and I'm, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on such a level, but at, in, the, in this sense, all Hasidic Jews are like, we're, we're not living in the heavens, we're here. We know we need to interact with the world, but there's this filter of how much we're going to allow the world to influence us, because this. In America, this idea of like you come to America and you assimilate with American society, right? You got off the boat at that at Ellis Island Statue of Liberty and then you assimilated. That's nice, okay. So you, wherever you go in the world, you need to adapt some of the things that are going on in the country that's hosting you or whatever. But if you allow the country to change you completely, then you lost yourself. There. So this insular thing, I don't think it's a bad thing, I think it's a, a good thing. You need to be true to yourself. They're saying this is who we are and we're not going to allow anyone to change it. Doesn't mean they have anything against American society. It's, just, it's not them. So I, I'm here all the time. I was just, two or three weeks ago, I did a speaking gig there. Great people in the Square. And now I, I was called this week to pay straw, to do to the same thing. Do, am I worried that it's having some sort of influence on me, or do I need to be extra careful? Of course I need to be careful. I'm saying Hasidic true. There are certain things I will never do. I'm not going to eat non-kosher food. No matter what happens. So I get invited into people's homes all the time. I'm in I don't know, somewhere in Saudi Arabia and they want to invite me into like they said we're gonna we're gonna kill a camel and we have dinner. So I really appreciate the offer. But I'm Jewish. I have strict dietary laws, so I appreciate it and I would love to sit down with you. It's just something I can't do for religion and they respect you so much. In the Middle East, if you if you refuse someone's invitation to a meal, that's like one of the biggest offenses yeah, yeah. you can do. But when you tell them the reason he refuses, yeah, I have respect for you because I'm being true to myself. Really. Now, can I get involved in situations that that could be dangerous? I'm, I'm sure that could happen. I'm, you know, any person who leaves their comfort zone, and I'm not staying right. I'm I'm everywhere but the Hasidic world. I live in the Hasidic world, but I'm spending a lot of time outside of it. So of course, there are outside influences that could have an effect on I me. Mean, I believe that. I'm going to prevail mm-hmm. I think if you if you go 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years down the line I hope that I'm going to be the Hacidic Jew I don't see any reason not to be and I feel like in a way it gives me an advantage I see the world in a very in a way because I see the good in people I see the good in certain cultures I, I try to take the best from everybody and bring it in if there's any negative influence I'm filtering it out I'm not allowing it in
0: so, that's such another interesting question but it'll, we're already with go
1: first, take as much time as you want
0: yeah, just, um, no, what were you just saying
1: I'm saying that of course, any nobody's perfect and, and maybe I could get in trouble in some way, and if you want to ask any specific questions, about, I'm, I'm happy to answer any question, but at the end of the day I'm connected to a lot of good people, I have certain relatives, really close to, I get guidance on how to go about all sorts of situations but I'm, I'm not going to allow this to change me in an ideal way. It's changing me in a positive.
0: It takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of strength. So it's very difficult to be able to stay completely true to yourself with all this outside of my life. Very tough. You have to really be in touch with yourself
1: and what you believe in. I don't recommend for everybody to do this. It, you know, it's one thing to travel a little bit, but if you're if you're really going to go out there and be exposed to all sorts of different people, you need to be strong yourself because it. You can also end up, you know, I know people who like, who good, like, you know, one day they're this, the next day they're that, they just flip between religions and, you know, some people like become all materialistic and then they just become minimalistic and they get rid of everything and they move to India. I very Buddhist hard time
0: relating to those people, by the way. People who are like, like, you meet them one year, they're extremely religious, whatever it is, Jewish, yeah. Muslim. You meet them two years later, they're just absolutely, you know, I'm kind of expounding on what you're saying. And then the, another two years later, they're just it's like what are you and you know I try to understand them maybe they're just trying to find themselves and it's like who are you which one is it you know what I mean yeah and I think we all change but I don't know what like those people have never been able to really get so close to them because I'm always like tomorrow you might be you might be a completely different you might even be a, you might be a lamb next time I see you who knows yeah it's like it's fine if people make these huge transformations once in life,
1: twice in life, to fluctuate. If, if it's happening like you know every six months, you may
0: you may have an issue. Yeah, you might want to talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah. So the last thing I was I was thinking about was because you were mentioning, you know, we were I was you were answering this question about being strong, being true to yourself, and, and not allowing certain influences to change you. But then you said that you like to take all the positives from yeah. different cultures. What are some positives, say from Arab culture, you know, they have the, the, they're extremely warm and they make it, I've said this in another episode, they're some of the warmest people um, when it comes to inviting you into their home. They yeah. treat you like, like family. So obviously I'm sure you've taken that. But what are some things, um, briefly, that you can tell me, that you've taken from certain cultures that you that you brought into your own house? So I,
1: I can't say brought to my own house because at the end of the day you really just you just in charge of yourself you can't make anyone else do anything so when these things that I've that I've taken from around the world I try to like really internalize them and body them and then maybe yeah. other people will like it and take it but, but it's not like I can you know decide
0: the house is doing this house so, so to, don't you do that though with your own what you grew up with Messias your kids are now Messias so you're. You kind of are telling. You know, you know, you are in a way dictating how they, how they are raised. Yeah, sure. But at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're their own people.
1: I'm, right. I'm a parent, so I'm guiding them, trying to show them the way that I think is the best way. But you can't make anybody do it. It was more of a challenging question that I that. Your answer is
0: exactly why I see yeah. it.
1: So anyway, um, things that i that I've taken on from around the world. So the majority of my traveling right now has been in the last few years I've been in the Arab world the Muslim world my goal is to visit every Arab and Muslim country in the world and once I'm done with that if I can get there because there's a couple tough ones then maybe we'll raise the we goal we'll to visit every country in the world but for now that's that's what I want to do things that I pick, first of all people are very direct you know? no one just like if someone wants to borrow money from you they're not just going to be like hey how you doing you know so I'm I have this thing today. I
0: was thinking maybe. Just say, can I lie? I love people like that. I get along with pe- blunt people because yeah. I'm very blunt. I get along with blunt people much better than people who kind of just. That's why Flor- Floridians. I don't have this. I get along with people generally very well, but I gravitate towards tri staters It's so funny, but we just. It's just
1: straight to the point.
0: Yeah, it's, we save all the all the all the butter and butter and biscuits. We just go straight to it. It's so much easier. I really, so that's why I relate. For instance, when I was in the army, I got along with Israelis beautifully, and I still do. I inter- a lot of my friends here are Israeli because they're just they're you know it's a Middle Eastern mentality. It's just cool. Yeah. So I, I love that.
1: Um, also, this idea of as like I told you, you know, the Afghani people, like waking up knowing they might get blown to smithereens, I'm going to work today. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going You said you can pull it off. I I hope you never find out. That's number one, but it's very impressive. Something so the certain worth ethic that like, no matter what's going on, you make it happen every day, nine to five. You know, that's something I work. Sorry, nice I'm like very free spirited, so I can I can like work for ten days, like stay up every night, and then I will work for three weeks. And that's not necessarily a good thing. It's just I'm, I'm trying to get myself into this because I like I'm like, I have an artistic mind, and I'm very all over the place. I have to try to. It's very hard for me to be grounded and, and do something persistently. So that's something I'm working on, and uh, the Afghan people are being inspired inspiration to that. There's also the the ideas of generosity you see in the Middle East. where like, people are just really nice, really friendly. Something I try to take with me. They're so welcoming. There are they work fast. Like, like I've been to business meetings in Dubai. And I'm like, I'll suggest an idea. And they're like, and I'm like, you know, you guys want to think about it? Yeah, let's do this tomorrow. Like, they like people. They work so fast. They don't wait on anything. It's as if like the world is gonna end. I'm like wow. we're like this is our last opportunity. Everything happens there so
0: fast. Which is that's how you win in life. I agree. speed is very important. Yeah. Uh, Florida has definitely had that problem. Um, it's more laid back. I'm much more laid back. But I think I use that to my advantage, especially yeah. in real estate. there these, some of these agents are just like, don't you want to get this done? I just for me it's insane. It's like, Let's go, let's, let's do this. And So them like, oh, I'll just get to it tomorrow. And it's 6, 6 p.m. What are you doing now? And some of them, they don't even have kids. They don't have a family. They're like my age. i like, let's go. It just makes no sense. So I, I definitely take that with me uh, from New York. You know, and I, I uh, and it's fine to be laid back, but. It depends on what you want to accomplish. If you're trying to get things done, like you said, speed and efficiency are so important. Yeah, those guys are like, like, on a nice way simple. higher
1: level than you are. They like, you have no idea how fast yeah. they're there. Now, another, I think one of the most important things that I think is there, and this is this is also very big in in, uh, in the Jewish tradition, Jewish tradition, but the family is like, it's almost like you know, like the Italian family that you mess with my family, oh, you did there's, there's respect for parents, something which is uh, in decline in Western society. In I, I, this is a big, actually, a big similarity. that I'd say in the in the Orthodox Jewish world and the Muslim world, is that there's like it's like the last people standing. There are some other communities, but there there's a big influence on on elders and respect, elders that are wiser than you or whatever. That's a big thing. There's a lot of family get-togethers, a lot of family closeness. Really important stuff for like healthy upbringing. I mean, if, if, if a kid doesn't see a, a happy family, they're gonna have a hard time succeeding succeed in life. It's, like, it's a The people in this east they they, they they work hard, but they chill so hard. Like, <laughs> like you, you just drive down any highway, in Dubai, or in Jeddah, or, or somewhere, anywhere in the Gulf, and you'll just see like, this black road, sand dunes on the side, and there's all these families just sitting, like in the evening, drinking tea, smoking hookah, um, roasting their camels, just spread out on these carpets. Roasting their like, camels. And it's not much just like, in America, it on a Sunday, you know? The family gets together, It the air every day. They work all day, and then in the evening, it's just relaxed, and, and there's a certain, like, that's like one of my goals, to be able to just, like at the end of the day, there's just one to like plop into bed, mm-hmm. get the family in the car, take your Persian carpet, go out to the, <laughs> the dance, bring your goat, and just, you know, enjoy the time you have here. You're only here for a limited amount of time, make it count, make something happen. Sure,
0: sure. that's beautiful. It's hard, it's, it's hard in America and I have that, I have that like work bug for sure, where I can definitely uh, take more time to relax, but I'm just on such a mission to certain things that I want so badly. I, I, I have, I'm very patient. I understand I'm not an instant gratification. but I understand that anything valuable and worth it can take time. But uh, I want to try to get it that sooner than later. And, uh, you know, so that's why I put a lot of work into what I'm doing. But, you ever feel like you did it break? Like, great? 100%. But I just, uh, I want to feel like I deserve the break. It's hard to determine to gauge like when did I reach that threshold. Yeah, it's all right. To I deserve enough to say it to yourself. Like now, yeah, no. I have to really write it down and say, okay, when I do this, you know, this and that, I'm going on a vacation. I'm going on an adventure. Yeah, because like like Rafi from a month ago thinks that
1: this is where where the break should be. The Rafi now like, well, I did that. I'm
0: going to just push forward. But Rafi from a month ago, maybe he needed a break. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely definitely think I might be due for one of those. Yeah. You ever want to, if you ever want a crazy experience in, like, in that world, let me know. For sure. Uh, listen, I, if you're open to it, I would love to maybe go somewhere with you. I don't know. I don't want it to like interfere with you know, exactly what exactly you're doing. Well, maybe it'd be awesome if we could meet and, and go somewhere. I'm also, I would not be afraid to go somewhere. Very, very dangerous, to be honest, as long as you would be up for it. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to scare my grandma. I don't know if I would tell her. But uh, she's a tough woman. She's like, "Why are
1: you going
0: there?" She's more old school. I told her I was going to Dubai. She she doesn't, actually, no, she does. It's not true. She's very, very uh, well aware of what's going on and she knows that that uh, the UAE is, has great ties with us now so she wouldn't say it. She'd be like, wow, that's really cool. Bring something back from me. But, uh, yeah. So let me, we're, we're going to wrap up. It's, unless there's something else you wanted to discuss? Good no job. It is? Yeah. Nice. So uh, it has been such a pleasure finally meeting you asking these questions and the answers you've given were really, really very very detailed and really gave me a lot of perspective. I'm sure everybody else a lot of perspective. Make sure to tune in to Chalene Seance on YouTube and on Instagram, he has incredible content, we'll be putting out a lot more, so make sure to tune in. Also check out Peter Santanello's page on YouTube, yeah, he has Instagram too, yeah, he is, okay. Check him out on Instagram too, I'm going to drop the, uh, the links. Hope to hope to meet Peter at some point as well. So that would be really cool. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, people of the book, people of the not book, tune in for another episode of Soothing Semantics. This episode will be coming out weeks. Anyhow, thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time. Thank you.